everybody. Well, God is good all the time. Amen. And all the time, what? God is good. Amen. Let's all stand this morning and uh, we are going to worship our risen Savior. We're going to start with Christ the Lord is risen today. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out.
standing if you would. We're going to sing, For God so loved the world that he gave us. Amen. Let's sing it together. Table, he will. 
right, you can find your place and be seated. Brother Martin is going to do our announcements for us. All right, everybody have a seat, just like Brother Mark said. Well, happy Easter. It is the day that we all get to look like Easter eggs, and I definitely played my part. Real men wear pink, and I make pink look good. So, again, happy Easter. You know, it's, it's, it's all great for us to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's great to celebrate his life where he performed miracles. It's, it's also great to lament on Good Friday where he was crucified and he died. But this right here today, his resurrection is what makes everything different than anything else. Without his resurrection, we're like every other faith. So this resurrection that we celebrate, this is what sets us apart and gives us a living hope unlike no other faith. Amen? And his resurrection has such a great impact that it resurrects some of us to come to church at least once during the year. So if you are a visitor here, please signify it by raising your hand. I got a free movie ticket for you. Raise it high. All right. So one of our ushers is going to is going to bring you a little card. All you have to do is fill it out. If somebody invited you, make sure that you, uh, you also fill out a card because uh, whoever invited or brought the visitor also gets a free movie ticket. So you're welcome. All right, so generally we have a, uh, a Wednesday-filled, uh, I guess, day. We have morning Bible study here in the, in the I guess, sanctuary, not sanctuary, but in our kitchen where Brother Mark uh, leads uh, teaching. I believe he's still working out of the book of Mark, or have we moved on? Acts. Okay, we're acting now. Okay. Then Wednesday night services, we do provide a dinner, uh, and Miss Mary does a great job of cooking. Um, she always does a really, really good job. Then we have uh, youth service in here. Brother Mark teaches in, in there, and then Miss Cindy usually does the kids. Just want to remind you that uh, we, you are able to do giving online at landmarktyler.com. You can set up a one-time PayPal. And again, today is Easter Sunday, so I know things have changed a little bit. We do have an Easter egg hunt. Is Miss Cindy in here? Okay. Okay, Ginger, where are we having the Easter egg hunt? We're going to have it inside the fellowship hall. Parents, if you want to go in there and take pictures, because I know how important that is to you, I give you permission. Brother Mark may get on to me, but you have my permission. Also, we're going to do, I believe, one baptism after service. You saw the cow trough out there. Somebody's getting dunked. And last but not least, we are having revival starting next Sunday. Brother Herman Kramer, who did an amazing job last year. Um, and the Floyd boys, now I call them the Soggy Bottom boys, but the Floyd boys, that all begins next Sunday through next Wednesday. And young people, next, not this Wednesday, but two Wednesdays from now, whoever brings the most visitors, you're going to get some cash money. I haven't decided how much, but whoever brings the most on that Wednesday is going to get some cash money. We will have some food trucks here for you to eat, three different food trucks, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, our life class, recovery class, is not meeting today since it is Easter. So other than that, let's praise our Lord and Savior and let's glorify him for his resurrection.
We need desserts for revival, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And thank you so much for everybody that's brought water. We have enough right now, but every time you go, keep bringing it because we will use it up. Amen. Hey, and uh, next Sunday, uh, you need to not just be here on Easter Sunday, but come. Uh, we start revival next Sunday, and we're going to feed you a free barbecue lunch uh, next uh, next Sunday. All right, so come, and uh, when we dismiss here, we'll go down and we'll eat a big uh, barbecue lunch. Let's kick revival off. We're so glad that you're here. Let's all stand. We're going to continue to worship. We're going to sing a great new song called Death Was Arrested. Amen. Let's sing it together.
seated.
desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into
Julie pray for us. Amen. Jesus, we thank you. You are alive today, Father, as we celebrate your resurrection, God. Father, we just ask that you would be in this place as we hear your word, Lord. Lord, just speak to us individually because we're all in different places here today, Father. Some of us may not even know you. We've heard maybe that you died on a cross, but we haven't trusted you as our Savior. Father, I pray today that you would just speak to those hearts that don't know you, that your love is so unconditional, that you just can come as you are, that you just take us the way we are. Even though we continually make mistakes and we mess up, you continually have your open arms open for us to run to you. God, I just pray for us that may have fallen away and we just struggle and we just have questions and doubts and we just don't know. It's okay. You understand and, and you desire for us to get some answers. The answers are you love us all the time. I mean, you wouldn't have died on a cross for us before we were even born. That's how much you love us. You loved us even though some of us may never love you back. That's the unconditional love you have for us, Father. So be in this place and let your work be done here today. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more clap offering this morning. Amen. Here on Easter, uh, if any day to celebrate, put a smile on our face, raise our hands, just have a good time in the Lord. Today is the day. Amen. Well, listen, we have wonderful children's church for all of our kids. So if you have kids that would like to go to children's church, Miss Gail's waving her hand there at the door. You can meet her over there, and they've got a wonderful time for you. An Easter egg hunt, they're going to do that back there. So uh, you want to go and do that. All right. Give all of our children's church workers a big hand if you would. All right. Wonderful. Uh, I wanted to tell you, all of you visitors, uh, as Brother Martin said, make sure you fill that communication card out. Put your address because that's the way we're going to get your movie ticket to you. And uh, go ahead and put whoever uh, the name and the address of the person that brought you because uh, they get a movie ticket also. So we want to bless you with that. But uh, please be sure and fill that card out. Put it in the offering basket on your way out. And uh, that will be the way that we will get you your, uh, your movie tickets. All right, we'll mail them to you. All right. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Easter is always a fun time, and uh, trying to decide, uh, there's so many great Easter uh, things and ways you could go, and just, uh, but, uh, you know, and trying to consider what, what do you preach on Easter Sunday morning, and uh, I wanted to give you today about just consider Jesus, because a lot of people, um, we live in a culture today that, um, kind of wants to uh, paint the picture of all roads lead to heaven. It doesn't really matter what you believe. All paths lead to God. All religions are basically the same, and there's no difference between Christianity and Buddhism or Christianity and Hinduism, and nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, if you believe that gospel, you are believing a false gospel. Get you a Bible, open the Bible, and read the Bible the Bible has one plan to salvation, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. Amen. And so I want you to consider Jesus at Easter because, uh, you know, you can go into work tomorrow and you can talk all day about God 
You can talk all day about the, the love of God and all those things. You can talk about spirituality. You can talk about all those things. And nobody will, nobody will have any problem with that. But, and you've heard me say this many times. But you go in and you say one name, one word, one name. And that's the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, it's going to cause a divide. It's going to cause an issue. Why? Because Jesus kind of requires that there is a line drawn in the sand. Jesus himself Here's what you have to decide, and this is basically for everybody in the room today. You have to decide, is he really who he said he was, or he was a complete liar, and it was all a lie, and it was all a sham? Because only it can only be one of those two. Either he's exactly who he said he was, because out of his own mouth, and they, many people will say, well, he's a prophet. Well, if you believe he's a prophet, then you have to believe everything that came out of his mouth was truth. And out of his own mouth comes uh, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, God, except through me. So he is either that exactly or he's a complete sham. Now, every other world religion uh, does not disagree uh, just about every, even unbelievers a lot of times, they will agree that Jesus was a real person. Jesus was a real historical figure. Uh, there's a lot of things to prove that out, that he was a real person, a real historical figure. They will not argue that fact with you. Uh, they will not argue the fact that he was a great teacher. He was a great rabbi. And many, many other world religions will even go as far as to say, well, Jesus was a prophet. But when you get to the point where you say Jesus was the son of God, then that's where things begin to split off. And why do people have a problem with Jesus? When they don't have a problem with God, why do people have a problem with Jesus? And it's mainly because of one thing. Jesus represents exclusive. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, all roads don't lead to heaven. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through me. Then all of a sudden, he's cut off all the other roads, cut off all the other ways, and he has said, I am exclusive. And we don't like exclusive. Because we live in a culture today that says oh, you, everybody ought to be able to do whatever they want. Everybody, if it feels good, do it. If it sounds right, do it. And whatever seems right to you, that's good. That's called, uh, that's called uh, situational truth. Most people today don't believe in absolute truth, that there's an absolute right and an absolute wrong. Most people say, well, you know, it's whatever you feel. And whatever you think is right is right for you. Whatever you think is wrong is wrong for you. And we don't believe in absolute truths. But today, listen, I'm here to tell you the Bible says there are absolute truths. And there is absolute right and absolute wrong. So I want you today, if you're a non-believer in here today, you're welcome. Amen. No greater place on Easter Sunday for a non-believer to be than in the house of God. Amen. And Jesus came to die. Here, here's one thing I can exclusively say, that Jesus died for everybody in this room, whether you believe whether you don't believe, whether you consider yourself the biggest atheist in the world, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ died for everybody's sins in this room. That, there's no argument to that. He's, he did it all for everybody in this room, whether you've accepted him or not. The difference, that's the main difference, though. Have you accepted what he did for you? Do you accept what he did for you on the cross? He did it as a free gift for you and for I, okay? Um, listen, Jesus, 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 just like we sang. Just a moment ago. There's just something about that name. Again, you can, you can test this theory out because, again, go to work tomorrow, go to school tomorrow, talk about God for a while, and then all of a sudden just kind of slip Jesus in there. And you'll see how the spirit in the room will change 
the minute you say the name of Jesus. You'll see how the atmosphere in the room changes the minute that you say the name of Jesus. All right? Let's go to our first scripture. It is uh, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I just quoted it, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, listen, God is there, but there's only one way to the Father, and Jesus proclaimed it was through him. It was through his shed blood, all right? Um, listen, there is some truth in all world religions, but they are not the same. So I listed out a few here. Let me give you some of these. You may not know some of these uh, differences, but I'm going to list some of these for you, all right? Buddhism. Buddhism says this, there's no God. Uh, there you have countless rebirths. In other words, you are reincarnated and there are countless rebirths. And then after you go through enough, you cycle through enough, uh, uh, then you, it's over with. And there's no mention of forgiveness of sins. There's no mention of right or wrong. In Buddhism, there's simply something called karma. And we all hear this, the popular word today. It's karma says, well, if you do right to people, then that comes back to you. If you do wrong to people, that comes back to you. And there's no mention of forgiveness of sins. Uh, basically, everything is how good a life you live, and it has nothing to do with uh, anybody dying on a cross or dying for you or doing any of that, okay? Uh, let's go to Hinduism. Hinduism is an impersonal God. Uh, you can't talk to their God uh, yourself. You have to do it through idols and other smaller gods, and they have hundreds of gods, literally, and uh, they, those are represented by idols and by statues, and so Hinduism, you can't even, you don't even have access to the big God. You do it through all these smaller gods, and there, of which there are hundreds of these smaller gods, okay? And again, no mention of the forgiveness of sins, uh, no mention of, uh, of anybody dying for anybody or any of, the, any of that, okay? Uh, Muslim. Uh, Muslims worship Allah, okay? Uh, there are no secondary gods. There's no idols. Uh, you simply worship Allah, and it's pretty much by the way you live your life. It is a works-based religion, and you are loyal to Allah. And if you're a radical Muslim, that even says that if non-believers are infidels, and you even have permission to kill non-believers. Infidels, that's for radical Muslims, okay? All right, then we get to New Age. In New Age, there's no personal God. Guess who's God? Your God. In New Age, you're your own God. You know, there's really no God. Everybody is their own God. And so you're in charge of your life, and everything is up to you. Uh, you have a higher consciousness, and you are your own God. Okay? Now, before we get to Christianity, I threw one more in there because I believe this is the biggest one in East Texas, and I, I kind of named it myself, good old boy religion. Amen? Now, in East Texas, we have a lot of good old boy religion. Amen? And here's what good old boy religion says. It says, well, you know, me and God, we got an understanding. I don't go to church. I don't read the Bible. I don't pray. But listen, my granddaddy was the founder of the first Baptist church, Podunk, down here. And so uh, me, and, me and God are good because granddaddy was good. Amen. Or my daddy did it. Or my daddy was a deacon. Or my grandfather. Or my mother went to church all the time. Or my mother prayed for me. And my mother is a godly woman. My mother is a saint. Don't you say nothing about my mama. My mama was a saint. Amen. And that's good old boy really. In other words, it's all based on my background. It's all based, I'm going to get into heaven based on my lineage, not based on my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Now, me and God, we got an understanding. I don't ever talk to him. I don't ever go see him at his house. I don't ever do any of that. But me and God, we got an understanding because of all of this background I have. Listen, you can't find that anywhere in Scripture. But that's prevalent in East Texas. In East Texas, everybody's saved. Everybody's good. Everybody's going to heaven. All right? Listen, it is more than just knowing about God. It is more than just knowing about Jesus. Well, how, what about, where do you get that, Brother Mark? The Bible states this, that even the demons in hell believe in Jesus and tremble at his name. So it is not enough just to believe that there is a guy named Jesus and believe he exists. It is not enough. You have to put your faith and your trust and your loyalty, and you have to give your heart and your life to him. It's not enough to just have a head knowledge of him. A lot of people in East Texas, a lot of people in the Bible Belt have a knowledge of God, but they don't know God. You can have a knowledge of God. I can have a knowledge of the President of the United States, but I do not have a personal relationship with the President of the United States. All right? So you need to understand that. It's not enough to just have a head knowledge of God. It's If your granddaddy founded a church, that is wonderful. Congratulations. But that has nothing to do with your salvation. If your daddy was a deacon down at the church, that's wonderful. Congratulations. But that has nothing to do with whether you'll go to heaven or not. When you and I stand before God, the Bible says this, it's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment, there will be one question. And it won't be, you know, did you go to church, or did you uh, read the Bible so many times a week, or did you do this or that? The basic question, one question will be, what did you do with my son Jesus? What did you do with my son Jesus? That's the only question that matters. That's the question all of us will have to answer when we stand before God one day, all right? Um, Christianity says this, it is a personal God. When Jesus died on the cross, you remember that the Bible says that there was a veil in the temple and it separated the Holy of Holies and only the priest could go in the Holy of Holies. And it, the Bible says that when Jesus Christ said, it is finished and it was done and he had paid the price for you and I, that that giant veil in the temple ripped from top to bottom and representing no more separation. You now have your own personal access to God. And it is through the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood. He sent his son Jesus, and it represents forgiveness of sins and an abundant life. And that is all through Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness of sins. It's not a works-based theology. It is a theology based on the blood of Jesus Christ and faith in him. All right? All right, so... Here's three things to consider, and then I'm going to be done, all right? I want you to consider Jesus today. Everybody, look at me. Consider Jesus. I'm not talking about consider church. Hey, I love this church. I think it's a great church. But listen, nobody's perfect in this church. Look at me right here in my eyes. I don't know if you'll ever have another preacher tell you this. I am not perfect. I do not have my act all together. I struggle just like you. I am flesh and blood, I sin, and I'm a mess, just like you. But for whatever reason, God has called me to do this. But listen, I'm standing on the blood of Jesus. I'm not standing on Mark Trammell. I'm not standing on anything good I've done, because listen, all of my righteousness, like Paul said, is like filthy rags compared to the Lord. There's nothing good in me. Don't you look at me. I'll be the first one to tell you, don't look at me. Don't look at this church. Why? Because I know these people, it's filled with a bunch of nasty sinners just like me. 
all right? So don't look, don't look at the church. Don't look at me. Don't look at individuals. Don't even look at the religion of Christianity. Jesus did not come. I want you to hear this this morning. Jesus did not come to start a religion. You know that? We're studying on Wednesday nights the book of Acts. And the book of Acts talks about the very first church right after Jesus died. And the very first church was not called Christianity. You know what they were called? The way. And in the book of Acts, that's what it calls the church, the way. And the, everybody else had given them that name because it was a way of life. It was not a religion. It was a lifestyle. And these people were living a lifestyle that was totally different to everybody else. If one had need, they all pulled their resources, took care of each other's needs. They loved on each other. And they all spent time with each other, and their lives were invested in the Lord Jesus Christ and in each other. And it was a way of life. Christianity is not necessarily religion. It should be and shall be to each of us. It should be a way of life. So here's the thing. Number one, listen, people are going to be narrow-minded. People are going to be judgmental. People are going to be uh, haters of you sometimes. And sometimes that will even happen inside the church. But I'm here to tell you, let me tell you why you don't look at me and why you don't look at, him, at anybody else or look at anybody else in this church. Do you see any nail prints in my hands? There is no spear hole in my side. There's no holes in my hands. I did not die for you. I did not spill my blood for you. There is only one, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who you put your eyes on. I will fail you. People in this church will fail you. Uh, Young people, Brother Martin is great. A a youth pastor as he is, he will fail you. Amen. And here's the thing you've got to understand. Don't look at us. If you put something on a pedestal, inevitably what's going to happen to what you put on the pedestal? It will fall off. If you put it on a pedestal, it will fall off. Don't look at us. And this is what happens many times, though, If uh, the preacher messes up or a preacher falls or somebody that you really look up to messes up, many people want to say, well, I'm walking away from God. Well, why are you walking away from God? Why in the world would you walk away from God or walk away from Jesus? Those people didn't die for you on a cross. Those people didn't spill their blood for you. You were never serving them anyway. If you were serving them anyway, you never got anything in the first place. Your devotion and your heart and your life was given to the Lord Jesus Christ. You were never serving those people anyway. So don't let them knock you down. If somebody fails you, somebody that you look up to messes up and fails you, I'm here to tell you, pray for them, forgive them, and keep serving the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm. All right. Number one, consider the ministry of Jesus. Let's look at the ministry of Jesus. Mark chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. It says, when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and the sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, all those people that consider themselves better than you or self-righteous, Listen, the very people that many of you are turned off and why you don't like Christianity is because uh, many times people are self-righteous and they consider themselves better. 
And Jesus said, those are not the people I came for. If you're self-righteous, you're getting all of what you're going to get. I didn't come for self-righteous people. Self-righteous people don't think they need God. Self-righteous people don't think they need grace because they're good. Self-righteous people don't think they don't think they need mercy. Can you look at me? I need mercy. I need grace. Anybody else in here need mercy and grace and love and forgiveness? That's what the Lord Jesus did for you, and that's who he came for. He said, all these self-righteous people, I didn't come for them. They think they're okay. They don't think they need a physician. But the ones who are sick and the ones who are lost, they need a Savior, and they need a doctor. Amen? And his name is Jesus. All right? What did Jesus do? Those whom others despise, Jesus loved them. He accepted them. What else did he do? He opened people's blind eyes. He healed deaf ears. He made the mute to speak. Jesus went and touched lepers. Let me stop on that one right there. Do you understand what the significance of Jesus healing a leper is? Lepers were totally left to their own. They had to put them outside of the town because it was a disease that ate the flesh off of your body and it was highly contagious. And so one of the worst parts about being a leper was this. Look at me. One of the worst parts of being a leper was, was that nobody would ever touch you again. And so it was a terrible disease, but even worse than the disease itself was that nobody wanted to have physical contact with you. Nobody would get within 100 yards of you, and you would never have human contact again. Nobody would ever hug you. Nobody would ever love you. Nobody would want to touch you, and nobody would want to get anywhere near you. And that was the most heartbreaking part of being a leper. So you understand the significance when Jesus shows up and he walks up and he, a leper shows up to be healed. And the leper doesn't get real close at first because he knows people don't want to touch him, don't want to be near him. And Jesus says, come here, come here. And before he ever heals him, before he ever forgives him, before he ever saves him, he touches him. That's the Jesus that you and I serve. He's loving he wants to touch you. It's a personal touch. It is a personal relationship. He healed the lepers. He walked on water. He raised the dead. The critics didn't question his miracles, but they wanted him to stop. Why did they want him to stop? Because he was stirring everything up. He, the religious people hated him the most and wanted to kill him the most because he was upsetting their system. And he showed up and he, found, he showed something totally different. He showed love and mercy and forgiveness, not self-righteousness. If anybody had a right to be self-righteous, it was the Son of God because he was the only one that was truly perfect. And Jesus never showed an ounce of self-righteousness. He showed mercy. He showed love. He showed patience. He showed forgiveness. Um, listen, the day I got saved, I got saved when I was 15 years old. That was a long time ago. Amen. I'm, old, I'm an old man now. But when I was 15 years old, what happened was somebody had invited me to church, and I had started going. And uh, I didn't go because I loved Jesus. I went because they had free hot dogs and uh, free Kool-Aid, amen. As you can tell, that still gets my attention, amen. And I went, you know, for those reasons, and uh, there's always pretty girls at church. I went for that. I met one right over there and married her, amen. And so uh, I didn't go for the right reasons, but while I was there, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And one night, somebody stood up and they uh, quoted the verse that says, be, 
if any man be in Christ, behold, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Listen, I'm a new creation. I'm not telling you I'm a better version of Mark Trammell. I'm telling you I'm a totally new person. That's what Jesus, when you really meet him, you become a totally new person, a new creation. Amen. I know the person I was before I got saved. And if I'd have continued on that track, my life would be totally different from today. So I'm not a better version of myself. I'm a completely new version of myself, a completely new person. I'm a new creation through the blood of Jesus, and he can do that for you today. Number two, consider the resurrection of Jesus. Um, he loves us, but he hates sin. Why did Jesus have to die? Because you and I are sinners, and he loves us. But he hates sin. He, he's perfect. He cannot look upon sin. And so he had to become the sacrifice to forgive your sin and my sin, all right? Uh, the scripture on this is Acts 3.15. It says this, Peter was preaching uh, to everyone after, uh, after the crucifixion. And he said, and you killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses, all right? Now, every one of those people, every one of those uh, disciples uh, you remember Judas went and hung himself. After he betrayed Jesus, he went and hung himself. So there were 11 left. Out of those 11, every one of them died a martyr's death. Now, what that means is they were killed because of their faith. Now, listen, if all this was a fake, if all of Christianity was a fake, if all this Jesus stuff was a fake, you're not going to be willing to die and give your life for something that's fake. But one of the reasons they all were willing to die for their Christianity was because of what Peter said. We were all witnesses to this. We saw him hung on a cross, and we saw him resurrected, and we saw his resurrected body, and you will never convince us that he was not who he said he was, and we're willing to go to our grave for that. And every single one of them except John was killed a martyr's death, gave their life for what they believed in. You don't do that for a lie or a sham, okay? Um Number three, the last one, consider the eternal message of Jesus. Romans 3.22 says this, Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. And then the very next verse says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That puts you and I all in a very bad position. We're all sinners in this room. Listen, here's the thing. Misery loves company. Guess what? We're all in good company because I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Everybody in this room is a sinner. We've all sinned, and we all fall short of the glory of God. But that verse says right there that the righteousness of God comes to you through faith in Jesus Christ. You have to have your faith in him, not just a knowledge of him. Everybody in this room probably knows about Jesus, knows about him and knows enough stories about him. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about putting your faith and your trust and your hope and your very life in his hands. I want to share this last thing with you because what you need today is Jesus plus nothing. Julie can come. Here's the difference between religion and a relationship. What I'm trying to tell you today, I don't want you to get religion. In fact, let me say this, looking you straight in the eyeball. Religion will mess you up. Religion will mess your life up. It'll get you on the wrong track. 
Religion will get you to looking at yourself and you can eat very easily become self-righteous because you're always looking at yourself and saying, well, I'm pretty bad, but I'm not as bad as this guy or I'm not as bad as this person. And we're always comparing each other. Listen, we're all sinners. That means we're all in the same boat. If you're guilty of one sin, you're guilty of all of them, no matter how bad. So I don't want you to get religion. Religion will mess you up. Religions mess a lot of people up. I want you to get a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let him become your savior. Let him become your friend. Here's the difference between religion and relationship. Religion is all about me. It's very works-based. No different than kind of the, the Muslim religion. It all becomes based on my good deeds and my good acts and how good of a moral person I am. Relationship, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him and it's all about your relationship with him. Second thing, religion says this, if I obey God, then God will love me. I do good, God loves me. I mess up, God hates me. And many in this room, that might be you today. You may say, oh, but Mark, I, you know, I used to love God, but I messed up really bad. And now God is not happy with me. God doesn't love me anymore. Can I tell you that's a lie? That's a lie that the devil's trying to sell you today. God never stopped loving you. He loves you unconditionally. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's not mad at you. Listen, it's all about perception. Some of you have cartoon theology. You think God is that man upstairs with that big long white beard. And he's got a lightning rod and a paddleboard in one hand. And every time you get out of line or you mess up, we serve a big old mean God. And you're, God loves you as long as you're doing the right thing. But the minute you get out of line, God don't love you. God's mad at you. Listen, nothing could be further from the truth. Get rid of that cartoon theology and understand God loves you unconditionally. And the last thing is this. And then relationship says, because God loves me, I want to obey him. Because God loves me, I want my life to honor him. Listen, if you get out of line, can I tell you this? I've sinned a lot in my life. Look at me. Mark Trammell, professional sinner, right here. I've messed up a lot. But I'm here to tell you, God never stopped loving me. God never stopped using me. I'm not telling you I've had to pay some of the consequences of my sin because God is a just God. But I am here to tell you that God never gave up on me. God never threw me on the trash heap. God never said you're done. God never said you're finished. God said, come here, my child. Get out on your knees and let my blood cover you, and we're going to start all over again. Religion says this. It's all about what you do. Relationship says this. Jesus says, it's already done. I already did it. I already paid for your sins. You can't do anything so bad that I'll stop loving you, and you can't do anything to make me love, to make me love you more than I love you right now because it's already done. It is finished. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes this morning. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Brother Mark, <clears throat> I just got a lot of questions. I got a lot of, uh, a lot of doubts. That's okay. God's a big God. He's got big shoulders. You don't think he knows there's a lot of people don't want to believe in him? 
But listen, he loves you in spite of that. And he is drawing you. Maybe something that's been said or sung this morning is drawing you towards him. Maybe you would say this morning, Brother Mark, if I were to die right now, I'm not sure where I'd go. I'm not sure if I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure if I'd go to hell. I'm not sure if I believe in heaven or hell. I'm not sure of anything. Guess what? All you have to do is just trust in God. I'm not telling you you got to understand everything. I don't understand everything. But I am telling you there's a word called faith. And faith says that I put my trust in him whether I can see it or feel it or touch it. Maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I, I did that a long time ago. You know, I did that when I was a kid. But I've wandered way far away from the Lord. Listen, he is always there waiting with his arms open wide. So if you would, that's you today. If you're not sure, you can be sure today because it's not based on you. Brother Mark, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. It's already done. He's already been on the cross. He's already paid for your sins. Just give your heart to him. You would pray this prayer in your heart and your mind if you need to. Just say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, I don't understand it all. But right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins and save me. Now, every head bowed, every eye still closed. I wouldn't want to embarrass anybody, but I would love to pray for you if you prayed that prayer. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time or the second time or as a prayer of recommitment, uh, would you just lift up a hand so I can pray for you? Anybody in this room? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a time, uh, what we call an altar call here, and it's just a time for you to do business with God. This altar is open. You can come and pray. Brother Martin's going to be over there. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, I'll be on this side of the stage, and we would be uh, counted an honor and a privilege to pray over you. But you can come and just pray yourself. Uh, if you prayed that prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, would you come tell me or Brother Martin and just uh, so we can pray over you and just say, I prayed. That. All you got to do is just say, I prayed that prayer. And we'll uh, say a prayer over you. Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. We're going to sing a little bit. And uh, then you come as you need to uh, to the altar. Just as I am without one plea. shed for me and that thou feeds me
time. Too late if you want to come. Let's sing it together. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, because thy promise Sing that first verse. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou be. And I hope that that spoke to you today. If you prayed that prayer, it's never too late even. I always tell people, church, it over just because we say amen. If you prayed that prayer, come see me or Brother Martin or anybody here and just share that with them. Because it's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life is your decision to give your heart and live your life for Jesus Christ. Uh, in fact, we have one more uh, order of business to do. We have uh, some people that have uh, prayed and received Christ that need to be baptized. And so we're going to do that right outside. So we're going to dismiss here and we're going to give them an opportunity to change clothes. And then we're going to have a baptism right out under the front porch there. So please stick around for that and uh, witness that and celebrate with those that are getting baptized today. All right. Hey, I hope you have a great rest of your Easter. Celebrate the risen Savior. God bless you and you are dismissed. Don't forget to put your visitor's cards in the uh, basket as you go out today, all right?